Hi everyone, this is Aaron and you are listening to Walnut Notes, the official podcast for the members and friends of FCBC Walnut. I'm one of the teachers for 11th and 12th grade Sunday school and due to COVID-19, we moved our Sunday school class online. We shared a devotion with our students and I would also love to share it with you, our podcast listeners. So for this episode of the podcast, we're going to hear a devotion from Sunday school teacher John Ng. And actually, if you're going to join us via video, you'll see John appear on your screen as we saved a recording from our meeting. I'll put a link to the video in the show notes. Thanks for listening. A couple weeks ago, Aaron uh, tasked some of us to do a devotional. Um, and I had just decided to draw from my own devotions, uh, which I've been reading through the book of, well, I've been reading through the Old Testament, but I just happened to be in the first Samuel. Um, and around that time that he asked something that, uh, one of the passages actually stuck with me and has continued to stick with me for the past week. Um, so basically today's devotional is going to come from first Samuel 30. Um, let me just read a quick two verses. First um, Samuel 30, verse 21. Then David came to the 200 men who had been too exhausted to follow David and who had been left at the brook Bezor. And they went out to meet David and to meet the people who were with him. And when David came near the people, he came near to the people, he greeted them. So a little background of basically what's going on is um, David had, I guess David's wives, he had two wives at the time. Um, he wasn't king yet, but he was running from Saul. Uh, they, the two wives were situated in a city called Ziklag. Um, and Philistines had actually gone in, plundered the city, taken all of the women, taken all of the children, and uh, basically all the people were really pissed off at, uh, at David to the point that they were going to stone him. So David and the men of Israel, or not all of the men of Israel, but the men who are with him decided to pursue them, pursue the, the enemies, the Philistines. And so as they went down, 200 people got exhausted. Uh, I don't really know what the distance is, but I would probably be very exhausted too. And so those people who were left at the Brook Bezor, they decided to stay because they just couldn't go on any further. Now, at this point, the attack didn't happen yet. Israel did not attack the Philistines yet. It was just that during the pursuit, as they were going down after them, they got tired. Hence, physical condition is is very important when you're attacking anybody, right? So um, 400 men, so 600 people were with David. 200 people stayed. That's a third of David's army stayed because they were too exhausted. So 400 people went down and basically they, they, they found the Philistines partying um, because they just won and the 400 Israelites plundered them. Uh, they gained back all of their wives, all of their children, all of the, uh, the, the animals and everything like that, all of their possessions. They got everything back. And even to the point where in verse 19 of 1 Samuel 30, it says, um, 
nothing was missing, whether small or great, sons or daughters, spoil or anything that had been taken. David brought back all. So that's pretty amazing if you think about it, because if you take a city, there's so many possessions that you can bring back. And for David and his men to actually gain everything back, whether great or small, is actually pretty amazing. Um, now, I've never actually taken and I've never plundered anybody's possessions. Um, but to plunder a city would be, you'd have a lot of stuff. Um, now, when we get back to 21 and 22, um, David, after defeating the Philistines, goes back with the 400 men to the 200. And the 200 men, I guess they're, they're still in the back and they're, I don't know exactly what they're doing, regaining their energy. But the 400 men, they just finished an attack that took at least probably 16, maybe 24 hours. The, the time kind of varies. So 400 people, 400 men and David finally meet the 200 people. Everything's been done. The spoils are, are, are for the taking or were for the taking. And this is what the 200 men said. And, or I'm sorry, 400 men said in verse 22. Then all the wicked and worthless fellows among the men, which are the, four, the 400, who had gone with David said, because they did not go with us, referring to the 200, we will not give them any of the spoil that we have recovered, except that each man may lead away his wife and children and depart. I think the reason why this stuck to me is because when you are the fighting force, when you've done all the work, you feel very accomplished. Yet at the same time, when you have somebody who didn't do the work, didn't contribute, because for the simple fact that they were too tired, it, it it really is kind of like brings to mind, dude, are you serious? Are you, you're, you're, you're not going to, I'm not going to give you any of the spoils because you really didn't do anything. Um, and in that sense, I'm putting my own self-worth greater than my brother who couldn't maybe hack or I, I shouldn't say hack, uh, but really who couldn't, um, keep up with me and join in the fight. Um, now, what I, want, what I want to show you is that David, or the Bible, states that the 400 who had this thinking, who had the thinking that for some reason they were, so, they were better, that they deserved more of the spoils, if not all the spoils, the writer describes them as worthless and wicked. So the question comes, comes up to my mind, which is, why are they considered wicked and worthless? Now, you would think because they're the attacking party that they would actually be worth more. Um, but I think in, in the way that God sees his people is that, one, no one is really worthless. Um, everybody that God has chosen has worth to contribute to his glory. Yet at the same time, here in this passage, 
these 400 men, the great guys that were stuck with David through the fight, uh, were deemed worthless. And I think that they were deemed worthless because they took God out of the picture. Uh, they forgot that it was God who really delivered the Israelites from the enemies and also gave the enemies into their hands. So if you continue to read on in verse 23, David, being the righteous man that he is, who is not yet king, says, You shall not do so, my brothers, with what the Lord has given us. He has preserved us and given into our hand the band that came against us. Skipping down a little bit, um, or we'll just read on. Who would who would listen to you in this matter? For as his share is who goes down into battle, so shall his share be who stays by the baggage. They shall share alike. Verse 25, and he made it a statute and a rule for Israel from that day forward to this day. So David, in his wisdom, remembers that God is the one who's really acting. God is the one who's victorious. God is the one who has delivered the people of Israel once again. And so when the author, when the author compares worthless um, to the spoils, uh, really the people who, the, the, the spoil was, um, not just the possessions, I, or I'm, I'm getting a little bit off track here, but uh, actually, I'm just going to turn to uh, Proverbs 1-7 right now because I'm running out of time. Um, this, is, this is what I'm going to try to get to you guys today. Is when the men who, the four, when the 400 men um, took God out of the picture, uh, and basically said that these men shouldn't get anything. They forgot that it was God who was working. Now, in Proverbs 1.7, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. And so when I was reading this verse uh, in 1 Samuel 30, it reminded me that the people uh, that God describes as fools is the one who takes God out of the picture. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. That should have been the first thing that got into their minds, which was God was the one who won. God was the one who uh, provided us the energy to go down and attack. God was the one who uh, designed this situation for us. Um, and so keeping God at the beginning of the knowledge uh, really should have kept them humble. Um, and so in that sense, uh, there is wisdom and always wisdom, and that's the first thing that should come in our heads to be wise, which is to remember God in all things. Um, now, I know that during this COVID time, there's, uh, you know, there's a lot of things to think about. There's a lot of, um, a lot of distractions. I mean, everyone's at home. Everyone can do whatever, almost almost whatever you want. Uh, technically school is kind of up to you. Um, but I want to encourage the students and whoever's listening um, that God, 
always needs to be on our mind. Uh, when we think of COVID, we, we should probably be asking, okay, how can I redeem this time and make God the forefront of this crazy era? Um, and not only that, when you think about just everything else in the world, um, why is, how is, how is God looking at COVID? How is, uh, how should I understand this in God's view? So basically what I'm encouraging you to do is really look at the world and everything that's going on, keeping God at the forefront of your minds. Um, now, this is not a sermon at all. Uh, this is just my devotional. This is what I've been thinking through. Um, and it, this passage, oddly enough, has reminded me just to uh, not be foolish like the 400 men who took God out of the picture, but for my own heart and my own mind is to remember that God has sovereignly ordained all things, including COVID, and how can I keep him number one in my in my thinking and in how I process this? Um, so there's a lot of people processing, you know, what can happen during COVID, what will happen, or how is life being affected by this. Um, and so I want to encourage you guys just to keep God as your number one priority uh, and really keep that biblical worldview um, at the forefront of your mind. Because when we do take God out of the picture, that is when, in some senses, we do become worthless because we're not living for God in those moments. Thanks, John. And thank you, everyone, for listening to our podcasts here at FCBC Walnut. Don't forget that you can get all of the episodes of Walnut Notes delivered via YouTube, Spotify, or your favorite podcast player. Just search for FCBC Walnut. For more information about our church, visit our website at fcbcwalnut.org. While we are meeting online due to COVID-19, there are still many opportunities to learn, grow, and serve at FCBC Walnut, so let us know how we can help you to get plugged in. I also want to encourage you to subscribe to Walnut Weekly, our social media email newsletter. We deliver fresh resources for free and provide peeks behind the scenes from the social media ministry of FCBC Walnut. Let our social media ministry serve you. Find the link in the show notes, but you can also find the link under the resources menu on our website at fcbcwalnut.org. Thanks. See you soon.